All right, are you ready? Are you ready? I am not. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started. Okay. Just wanna thank you so much for accepting my invite. Um, like I was telling you earlier before we, we started recording, I've been following you for, for quite some time. And it's until I analyze your post and everything that you do, I'm like, oh, definitely have to have her on. Cause it's not the same. Again, my goal is not only to have like business owners, Cause that, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot, but also there's a lot of your personality I would like to share uh, with people. I will also want to share the story behind not not only why you're the way you are, but what made you be there. So again, I, I just want to thank you. I'm very excited about our conversation today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. So let's get started. Give us a quick bio on who you are and what you do, por favor. Okay, my name is Josuina Legaspi. I'm the owner of Gal Fashion and now Maximus in El Paso, Texas. They're two high-end contemporary luxury stores. We focus on styling and um, yeah, that's basically my spiel. Okay, <laughs> quick and to the point. Yeah. Thank you so much. I wanted to ask you on your name. That's the first time. I, let me make sure that, let me know if I'm not pronouncing it right. Mm -hmm. Josuina? Josuina. Where's that name coming from? It's Italian. Okay. And so basically in Italy, uh, Gesù means Jesus. So it's Jesuina feminized. So like Jesus, Lady Jesus. Okay, nice. I wanted to ask you a little bit on your name because I identify with you because it's a unique name, right? Yes. And I was telling you my full name is Elisandro, even though I go by Eli. But I had some experiences in middle school and elementary that looking back, I mean, they helped me build my character. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, she has a unique name. So let me ask you on that. Did you have, maybe not bullying, but maybe... Uh, people now pronounce your name. Did oh you have any difficulty uh, with that? I, my name was butchered. Like anytime the teachers couldn't pronounce it, it's like, yes, it's me. I'm here. Like I know you're here. Um, so that still, no one can really pronounce it. It's very rare that people can pronounce it properly the first time. And when they do, I get very impressed because I'm like, oh, wow, you got it. But um, I actually, I like having a different unique name. I think it goes with my personality. It sure does. Do you think it somehow shaped your personality? Um, I wouldn't say shape, but I think that I, I definitely own that it's different and I like to, you know, I take ownership in being very different, right. very unique. So maybe it did? Yeah, maybe it did. Maybe You're right. There you go. And, and again, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe some people are going to okay, great. But to me that I have a unique name and I remember substitute take, uh, teachers or, or, or someone not knowing how to pronounce my name. I'm like, oh, I was already like, knew it was a substitute. Like, here he goes, I'm gonna get embarrassed and they're gonna butcher my name. I'm like, oh, I'm here. But within time that helped me develop like my confidence and not caring about that. And actually, uh, if you ask me, I I, I prefer, I really like my name, um, even though by, I, I go by Ilep, but at the same time, I think it did. So I'm like, oh, you know what? First of all, first guess that I can hopefully relate to that yeah. sense. So, all right, well, thank you for that. That was more for me, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about your starting business. Um, okay. I know that you got married at 18. Yes, I did. Why did that happen? Why did that happen? Um, so, we're starting with the intense question. You, you said Damn. to go for it, right? Yeah, go for it, okay. I did ask you, are you sure? You said yes. Uh, so, why did I get married at 18? Um, you know, so I grew up as a, an only child, and when I was in high school, I wasn't really, okay, so I went to private school my entire life, and then towards the end, I went to public school, and so it was kind of like a whole new world for me. And, towards uh, the end, high school, you mean? Yes, okay. like uh, my junior and senior year, I went to a public school, and um, it was just like a whole new world. And then during that whole new world, I met Prince Charming, and I married him. 
at 18. I did. Did your parents, someone said, you know what, maybe you're too young for this. Oh, they were livid. I did it behind their back. You I did? I did school on Friday, February the 13th. Uh, it was our lunch period. We went to downtown, went to the courthouse, got married, and the rest is history. And I never looked back. I was still married in my senior year, actually. But it was a secret. It was. Mm -hmm. We're going to definitely come back to that, by the way, because, uh, again, I know that you that marriage lasted 10 years. I did. You divorced two years ago, uh -huh. right? So definitely a lot of questions as far as the process. Where do you what get happened? this information? Hey, Google? Hey, hey, I told you, right? <laughs> yes, and it is on Google, guys, by the way, if you want to look her up. And I'll just play it, but it's not on Google. Mm -hmm. um, going back to your starting business, though, you had a job at Three Mariposas for seven years, so I'm not going to spend some time talking about that. But where down. did you get the fashion, like that you wanted to work in fashion? So when I was a little kid, I would cut out all of my baby clothes and I would make outfits for Barbies. Ooh. And so I didn't realize that back then I already had it within me, you know, like the creative aspect of uh, styling. And then I'll never forget when I was 13 years old, my mom took me to Italy and she took me to all of the designer stores. And she took me to Dolce & Gabbana, Versace, all that when I was 13. So walking into those stores really made a huge impact on my life. So it always kind of stayed there. And then I remember in high school, people, like I would always borrow my mom's clothes. Like I would go to her closet and steal her stuff because she had like nicer stuff. And I would wear it to school. And so people were always like, oh, wow, like you're so fancy. And so I just, it's just been like little things within that have always developed that. What type of girl were you in high school? Um, were you the popular <laughs> one? Were you the one? So I'll, me the... I'll tell you this. When okay. I was in private school, I was bullied and I was a nerd and I was really smart. And then when I went to public school, since no one knew me, it was like, oh, who's this new girl, you know? And then I became super popular. Okay. So it was like two different, like, I got to experience both, like nerdy, bullied, introverted and then in high school that's when i like came out like butterfly. nice, nice. i'm gonna <laughs> skip a couple of questions but i want to ask you sure. can you describe your personality your current personality you know that we we do change of course with the things we learn with the experiences that we have so what is your current personality how will you describe yourself aside from business aside from you owning this um this store sure. what is your personality i would say ambitious i would say blunt quirky funny humorous down to earth um, uh, I don't know, like all these words are coming in all at once. Go for it, go for it. Uh, but I, I think those are uh, stylish. Okay. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> we'll come back to that. So let's go back to high school. You, um, you're, I don't know if you're looking for a job, but you find three mariposas. Mm -hmm. You got the experience there. You really loved it and you really want to work there and you got to know. What is very interesting, though, is that you said, you know what, I'll work here for free. So tell me, where did that come from? Because the um, fact is that usually people, when they get a no, especially at that age, oh, well, I'll try to this, again next year. To this day, I don't take no for an answer. Um, so I set my mind to something, and I'm going to do it or get it one way or another. And so I figured that I would sacrifice and do whatever it takes until she hired me and that I would prove myself, and I did. Where does that come from, though? Because, I mean, I love it, and, and you can, it, it, you, it's evident, but from? yes. Is it your parents? Is it something that you, I don't know, were able to get through through high school? But Everybody maybe... in my family has that personality of, 
I guess kind of like we get what we want, you know, like my grandfather's like that, my grandmother's like that, my mother's like that. So it's very like, my mom would always say the answer is always no unless you ask. Or my grandfather would always say when there's a will, there's a way. So constantly hearing those little quotes, it's like, well, what do you mean no? Like, there's no such thing. There, there has to be some sort of a negotiation or, and, and my ex-husband was like that too. Like, we were, it was always like, no, there's no such thing. Like, you know? Yeah. And, and again, I'm sure that a lot of people can benefit from that. And I have always said that the biggest lottery all of us can win is the one that we have parents or examples of that at a young age. Because that's going to mold you. Not entirely, but in your case, again, at age... How old were you when you started working at Tres Mariposas? I was uh, 19. There you go. And when I heard that, as far as, you know what, I'll work here for free. I'm like, wait a second. There, there's something here. Because the fact is not... Especially at that age, I'm like, okay, well, just, I'll come back next year. You know what? They said no, because there's adults right now looking for a job. That, oh, you know what? My internet's not working. So, I guess I'll <laughs> do it next week. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, having that person, I just... Wanted to ask you where that's coming from. Hopefully, you can also give us some advice as far as maybe, and, and this is where I'm going to need your opinion. Do you think that someone that doesn't have that characteristic, can they develop that? Or maybe how can we, or a mom or a parent, maybe help their kids with that confidence piece and that mindset, which is something that stands out for me? I'm going to answer your question with a question. Okay, and I'm going to give you another question then. Okay. <laughs> It's basically you have to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Like, what? Are, how bad do you want it? I will ask you a question here. Mm -hmm. Did you know that everyone wants something? Everyone. And and I, I understand because I, I used to also think in the sense that if you want it, you're going to get it. That's not true. Everyone wants money. Everyone wants, like, to be happy. But no. But it's how bad. Like, how... What are you willing to do? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to go above and beyond? Are you willing to, like, how bad do you want it? Okay, what if I don't want it bad? But then I still that want means you don't want it. But I do want it. You got to want it bad. Okay. Do you develop, can you develop that? Okay. Like, let's say people, most likely people want a better job, more money, uh, be more satisfied with whatever they're doing. Can you develop that? Because again, if I ask, 10 out of 10 people outside the, that heard something will say, yeah, of course I want this. Okay, how can I see how bad they want it? So I'll tell you a little story. Go for it. So right now I have seven interns. And before that, I interviewed about 13. I had, I don't want to be super specific, but there are some people that came in and they're like, oh, I want this job. Okay, well, you have to do an internship unpaid for two days. The next day. Oh, never mind. For two days and they said no. They said oh, no. So it's like, to me, boom, you don't want it that bad. Then I get another one. Uh, I really want to work here. I like what you do. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, can you stay for the rest of the day and help me so I can see how you work? Oh, you know, I, I have plans. Okay, you don't want it that bad. The next one. I have someone else. Are you, I really want to work here. X, Y, Z. Okay, are you willing to do an unpaid internship for the next three days and work by my side so you can prove to me that you want this job. Yes, I am. I had seven girls say yes to that question. And I had three that said something else, that they were too busy or something else more important. And one of them, I think it was just beneath them to work for free. So that shows me who wants it bad and who doesn't. And guess what? I ended up hiring all seven of them because they were willing. It's willingness, you know, willingness to sacrifice, willingness to 
What is it that you want and how bad do you want it? Um, you can say you want a job, but what are you willing to do to get it? I mean, I'm the owner, so you have to prove it to me, you know, by saying, I already have plans. I'm One girl canceled her doctor's appointment to go. stay that day because she wanted it bad. And I'm already paying her three days later. Well, thank she you didn't for... even do the internship. Like, I ended up paying her. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you knew. Wow. Thank you for sharing that because that's a, a, like a perfect example, a visual of exactly what that means. Because again, I can really want it. And what I find is that all of us have some motivation at the beginning, right? Like you see maybe someone that's really fitness, that's really into fitness. You see them like that uh, at the beach that, oh, I want to get that body, right? Okay, are you willing to wake up every morning or at night <laughs> yeah, to do it? So exactly. does that mean that you don't want it that bad, mm -hmm. right? Actions speak louder than words. You can want all you want, but are you going to do what it takes to get it? Nice. What I really want to get into it is how can someone, how can we help someone that's already at least at the start of that? Because everything that we're just saying, of course, it's out there. So it's coming knowledge, right? But how can I motivate someone to, okay, you first of all, you already know this, but now you're at the point that you need someone to push you and give you some tangible things for you to really make it happen. Oh, you That's shouldn't rely on anybody to push. You got to push yourself. Yeah, no one's, no, no one has pushed me. Your parents did? No, they just threw out some quotes in my face that they that helped them. That's what podcasts are. Quotes. You, you get a lot yeah, of this. Yeah, but who's the one, who's the doer? Who's doing the action to get there? And that's you. No, any, I can listen to motivational podcasts of Tony Robbins, Joel Osteen all day. It's up to me to actually go do the work. You know what I mean? Nice. No, and I agree with you 100%. But it's Be a really... doer, not a talker. Yeah, and, and it's funny, I'm going to share with you a story as well. Mm -hmm. For example, when I, um, Shane was um, our, well, my first guest, right? Guest number one. He, of course, I didn't have any videos. He, did, he didn't know what the podcast was about. He just said yes. And one of the reasons why he said yes, even though I had sent him a DM, he said yes, but then the whole second closure happened. And then I had to drive from, from Horizon Eastlake all the way to, the, uh, to his gym, right? So he said, you know, I said yes to you because you came all the way here and talked to me. So that's the reason why I said yes. And because of that, um, I was like, um, when I had him on, we talked about fitness and I always wanted, the one thing that I have not been able to do ever, and I want to say, even though it sounds a little bit muy payaso, not to say another word, is have a six pack. That's my goal that I have not mm. had. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it with Shane. So I drive 35 minutes every day, right? That's where I know you from. Oof. Yes, <laughs> and maybe also from TV. No, I'm just joking, but yes. So I drive 35 minutes every morning, uh, six times a week, from Eastlake all the way to the gym, which is, again, 35 minutes, right? So when I tell friends, I have two types of friends. I'm like, what? You drive 35 minutes, you wake up to drive? Bro, there's so many places over here that you can go, really? And they just see it as, you're dumb, you're wasting gas, you're stupid. They understand my goal, but they don't understand that, wait, wait a second, maybe I have tried other things. Maybe I have done whatever it is. It takes me, you know what, 35 minutes. How long does it take you? I can guarantee you that if I, they open a gym next to where they live, they're still maybe going to go a couple of times, right? But they're not going to be able to do it. And there's uh, other type of people that I have told them, you know what, I drive 35 minutes. I have to wake up this time. I, have, I go to work because of that at this time, this and that. They're like, you know what, good for you. I get it. 
And that's kind of like, they that, that tells me not only about my story or what I want, but that's just their mindset right there, mm-hmm. right? So going back to what you said, it, it all starts with our thoughts as well okay. and being able to catch that. Because if you already have that mindset of, again, none of us are perfect, right? But if you already have something in your mindset saying, you know what? Okay, here's something here. And then you're willing to catch yourself every time you think negatively or every time you're doing something that, you know what? This is not positive. This is not the way I go. Again, and this is where I want to have is like tangible things. And like you said, it's a perfect example. You give them a chance. You didn't take it. Okay. But the same thing is going to work out their entire life. Even if they're, I don't know, if I'm, I'm, I'm imagining they're young ladies, right? Young girls. But the same thing applies to 40, 50-year-olds. Like, there's a chance if you want it, you're going to do it. If not, you're going to make a mix. You're going to take that opportunity. All right, so I'll stop there. Hopefully, you enjoyed my uh, my uh, my story there. Mm-hmm. Pero bueno. So, you worked there for seven years. What are some of the things that you had to quickly learn from working at a high-end fashion store? Um, <laughs> what are some things I had to quickly learn? Uh, never to sell out of pocket. That Say that again. One. Translate that to me. What do you never mean to sell out of pocket. That means that just because you think something's expensive, that doesn't mean it's expensive to someone else. So don't ever limit yourself because you don't know. I mean, we dealt with millionaires, but because where I came from, I never knew that. Like the cost of goods and how it worked. Like, I mean, I would buy it for every 21. You know what I mean? So we had stuff that were retailing anywhere from two thousand dollars a dress so there would be some stylists that are like oh no that's too expensive i'm not going to show her that but it's like well you're limiting yourself why would you limit yourself if it's not your bank account or your money so that was one thing i had to learn is never sell out of pocket so i i like that because it's like it's true like you have to do your best to give them the best quality and the best for their needs not of what you think like who are you you know yeah yeah that was an interesting one Another one was, oh, I had to build really tough skin because the personalities at that place, man, like I wasn't, um, I didn't know Spanish at the time. So I would get criticized for not knowing like really good Spanish. Then I was criticized because I was too Mexican. Like it was just very, um, you had to deal with a lot of different personalities at a young age. And I wasn't used to that. I mean, because I just got out of high school. So I had to learn politics, how to be politically like correct and um you know respect older people uh respect different personality like that taught me how to deal with all types of people you know what i mean so politics um, which you're so used to this date right oh 100 <laughs> percent. like now i know what i can and cannot say and what, what's appropriate or not appropriate i remember my first week i uh i messed up i said something really dumb and oh like do you remember what that was Yes, but I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Okay. It was uh, basically I just, I was just so green, you know, that I was trying to fit in. So I would make like comments and stuff and I had to learn like know your place. You know what I mean? Oh, there's so many lessons I learned. I mean, I could go on for hours of lessons. Nice. Going back to the first one you said, I agree with you where I work. Um, I, I actually coached to the same thing as far as, hey, this is something that... We don't know, you, you can't think out of your budget or what your, your mindset is. And yesterday, the day before, I was talking to my daughter about the interview of who you were and this and that. I'm like, really high-end fashion? Is there a lot of rich people here in El Paso? I'm sure that whatever it is, I'm like saying, wait a second, let's go back. 
Because, yes, maybe you don't know them, but there is a lot of people wealthy with There's a lot of money. people everywhere. Exactly. So, and, and, and the same thing applies to me that we talk out of our reality, right? Mm -hmm. If we think everyone's negative, I don't know if you have Facebook or like all those haters, well, it's because you are a hater. Mm -hmm. Because if you all these negative things, it's because that's the way you are, right? But okay, hopefully I, I, that was not intended to. That brings me to another lesson I learned that relates to that is it's never about you. Like, when people come in, it's not about you. They don't care about your personal life or it's not about you. Like in sales or in any business, it's about them, the customer, like what's going on in their life. And they're like, they're coming to you to relax or retail therapy. It's never about you. So I remember at the beginning, I would like try to not compete, but like to get common ground. So if you would tell me a story, Connection. then I would try to like get like, I would always come up with a response, but it's like, no, like at the end, sometimes people just like to hear themselves talk. You know what I mean? So it's never about you. So that's one thing that I still to this day use in everything. That's really good. That's going to help me for sure. Um, I have to ask you this because I know a lot of people. And again, first impression when I look at your Instagram, like, and of course where you work, like, oh, do, do you come from a rich family? Tell us a little bit about your background. No, I, I do not come from a rich family at all. Um, okay. My family is very middle class. Um, Only yeah, a couple no. of times a year to Italy, right? But I went one time, <laughs> one time. That's the nicest place I had ever gone my entire childhood. And we went because my grandfather's from there. And so we went to go visit his family. And that was the first and the last time. I'm glad I asked this because people are quick to judge. To, to again, especially where you are, that you're a store owner, you just opened another high-end store for men, which we'll talk about. But if, if you were to ask me, I do not know. I'm not going to judge her. But it seems like maybe everything was handed to her, right? <sighs> so when I, again, I, I obviously did my, my investigation. Like, oh, well, definitely I have to have her on. Uh, for the record, I worked my ass off to get to where I am. Nothing was handed to me. And we'll talk about that more. But again, thank you for sharing that. So I want to talk a little bit about your business. You've been recently, you recently, uh, what, turned five years with Gal Fashion. Congratulations, first of all. I've been open since September 1st, 2019, and it's, I know what it is, right? It's, it, I was going to call it a nightmare, but it's not a nightmare because it's pretty cool. I actually used to own hair salons. You did? Okay. Blow, uh, yeah. what's it called? Blow, uh, dry blow draper. Which, is that a hair salon? It is a hair salon. Why did they call it that though then? So it was a dry bar, but we made it into a hair salon. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. There you go. Now, my question is, um, you've been open for five years in a, in a retail space, which is extremely hard. Talk to us a little bit about, about your store. What, what sets it apart? By the way, I was jealous. Again, I follow you checking out the stories, like the invite that you made uh, for the guests. I'm like, I want I want one of those. Were they chocolates? Yeah, it okay. was chocolate. Uh -huh. Hopefully, I get invited next time. Who knows? <laughs> you know? But, all right, talk to us a little bit about your store. Um, my store is a wonderful place. It is curated by things that me and my buyers choose all over the United States. Uh, we buy three pieces per style, which means that there will only be three, a small, a medium, and a large. And they're handpicked for certain customers. Everything's picked for our clients. So we have a styling business to where we dress our customers. It's a very customer-service-oriented customer service business. Um, we do a lot of styling. We work by appointment only. We do a lot of approvals, which means we send clothes to people's houses so they don't have to worry about it. Um, I do a lot of research to find up-and-coming new brands, uh, high-end luxury brands. And, yeah, I mean, we have cool private parties, VIP parties. And um, 
what else? What else can I tell you? It's an amazing store. I mean, it's the best store, I think, in El Paso. <laughs> okay, in El Paso. Let me ask you this a little bit more specific to COVID. So out of all the businesses in El Paso, uh -huh. 80% are small business. Mm -hmm. Out of those 80% small businesses, 40% had to close due to COVID. Wow. How were you able to stay afloat? And uh, we'll talk about opening another store in a second, but talk to us how did you stay afloat? I had to get innovative and creative. And so I just thought, what are people doing right now? They're at home, right? They're bored. And so they need loungewear and they still, they can still wear accessories. If you go to the grocery store, you can still put on jewelry and sunglasses, right? So I just had to change my entire process of obviously no one's buying $800 cocktail dresses. So I had to buy into what people were wearing. And then I just started doing uh, Instagram live because you're at home and you're bored and everybody's on their phones. So it's, I was trying to tap into that market and still get your attention and I was able to get sales through there. Nice, do you see now finally a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you see things getting better now? Oh, it's so much better, yeah. Everything's uh, not back to normal, but uh, I can see it definitely. Nice. Aside from that, what else did you learn through COVID business-wise and also in your personal life? Uh, well, my personal life, a lot of things. But business life is to be prepared. I wasn't prepared. I. Uh, I I was so used to doing things a certain way. I had all these things. I had no plan. Like I had to like really quick get back up on my feet. And what's cool is that I know I'm capable of doing it because I did it right. But um, yeah, I need to be smarter in sense of like saving and having a plan. And it just it got me out of nowhere. But we were able to overcome. Thank God. What are some things that you're doing right now preparing to? COVID number three, hopefully not, by the way, I don't want to scare anyone. But if there's anything like that, you said that kind of like you, you're working on that, what are some specific things, maybe savings, that that's one. But aside from that, is there anything else that you're doing to kind of prepare for something else in the future? Maybe, well, definitely savings, getting a cushion. Um, and I think having an exit strategy, like I never want, imagine if I would have closed, I still would have been in debt. So I think... Um, Maybe having an exit strategy of always being prepared just in case if that moment ever comes, it's like I have a plan versus no plan. Nice. Like, to me, in my head, it was always going to continue like that. So now I'll have a plan. Nice. Now, we, I also want to talk about COVID in your personal life. What are some things that you have learned through this pandemic? Uh, let's see. That's a great question. It is. Thank you. Um, what are some things that I learned? Yes. In your personal life through COVID? It's the same thing. I mean, I wasn't prepared, so I got hit really hard financially. So having a cushion, having an exit strategy, um, and just planning for the worst. Like I, I, I had no plan. So my whole life went upside down, you know? And uh, that's basically it. Okay. Well, we'll come <laughs> back to uh, talk a little bit more about your personal life. Hopefully you don't mind. Let's talk about the retail space. Is retail dying? Absolutely not. It's <laughs> thriving. It's on fire. Now, People love clothes. Storefronts. Maybe I should have explained that. Storefronts. Yes. Uh, yes. Definitely. Storefronts are dying. What are you doing to adapt into that? Because you're already doing, like you said, the Instagram lives that you do. I mean, I've been checking them out. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Not only because people have time, but you're putting not only your brand as far as retail store, but your brand as well, which obviously is going to help you with business as well. Mm -hmm. um, 
but what are some things that you're doing through uh, uh, to make sure that you stay ahead of the curve as far as the retail storefront? So we're launching an online store, mm -hmm. and uh, we're getting creative as far as the e-commerce and the um, digital world, so I can compete. Nice. You never, there was not a, a, a website that you had before? A so we did it once, uh -huh. and I just didn't believe in it. I was like, this is not what I do. I don't sell things online. It's about the one-on-one -on -one connection appointments and customer service so i was very against it and i didn't really pay attention to it so it failed obviously I mean, no one cared about it but now i mean it's so easy to buy things at a blink of an eye i get stalked on instagram and then i just put my face through apple pay and boom it's at my house like in two days so that's pretty cool because it's instant gratification you know like so that's that's where we're going as well nice well thank you for that now, you said the customer service is extremely important in your industry, of course, especially high-end. Um, what are some things, or what is your, your approach to building relationships? Um, my approach, to, oh, friends first, customers second. Like, I don't treat customers like a clerk. Like, oh, you want this? Cool, bye. No, it's like I want to get to know them. I need to know their name. I, I'm, in, I'm genuinely interested in what they do and how I can help them and how I can service them. And I think they appreciate that and they that's why they come back. And then that becomes a relationship and that's how you build it. Nice. During a podcast with, I believe it was with Elia, which was great, by the way. You said that you have tried through your five years a lot of, of, of things to advertise to market your store, right? Everything. Uh, uh, I don't know billboards magazines everything tell us about things that did not work and maybe what is I know you're sticking to social media of course but tell us a little bit about your experience on things that did not work okay magazines don't work okay <laughs> god I was gonna have someone next week editorial about magazines I'm gonna have to cut this I mean who do you, buy, do you buy magazines who looks at magazines you can just look at it online nowadays now it depends who the market is, though. I I mean, not for for your end, but for older people I that do not. I don't know event. one person. Okay. At the top of my hand, that still buys magazines. Good. Okay. What else has not worked for you? I would say the newspaper. That's for viejitos. How about commercials? TV commercials. I did it too. No. No. What has worked is the the social media strategy, putting yourself out there on Instagram. Those relevancy, lives. consistency. Con I mean, if I do a live every single day, I get maybe like six hundred viewers on my live. So no more, like almost two thousand sometimes. So that's two thousand people that I reached in twenty four hours for free. That's the way, the truth, and the life. Now, at, right now, you get all those views, but was there a moment? I'm sure there was that maybe you were kind of like. Uh, Maybe afraid, embarrassed, oh, no one's going to watch this, or why am I, what am I doing, or I I afraid of messing that up? I, I don't have that kind of mindset because I feel like if I'm not selling, then I, I'm going to go down, so I'm going to do whatever it takes. So even if I come, I always think, like, even if I come out stupid and alive, or if I have no makeup on, it doesn't matter. At least it's relevancy. People are watching, and most likely there's going to be one person that's going to buy something. So I'd rather have one sale than nothing at all. Like, that's all me mental. You know what I mean? To say, like, oh, what are people going to think? Did Who you cares? ever get a moment, though, that you thought that way? Or you have always been this mindset, which I, it's really good and everything. But to get to where you're at right now, I had to push myself like because it's like, if I don't do it, then how is my business going to be successful? You know what I mean? Like, I there's a lot of, like, for I'll give you an example. I know someone. I'm not going to say her name. But um, she has we'll a really... put it in the comments, by the way. She has a really cool business. Mm -hmm. Really cool. 
and she, the woman refuses to get on social media because she's so insecure and she thinks she's gonna look stupid I'm like it's not about you it's about your product like no one cares like at least one person one of the 70 people that are following you might actually buy something which is ultimately gonna give you the confidence and practice to keep going you know what I mean like it's business I don't look at it as like oh me me no it's like it's a sale I need to sell like on um, the Instagrams during the pandemic. Yeah, sometimes I look fachosa and I'm like I would go like however I could, whatever, like I knew that and I didn't care because it's like I need to sell to pay my bills. So who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, again, I, I wish I had really good follow up questions because I this is something that you, you're saying it really simple and for you. It's second nature. But the fact is that Just 90 percent of Do people it. don't can't. Uh, you know what? Let me let me clue myself. And that's why they don't grow because okay, they're they're holding themselves back. You know what I mean? Is there anything that I can do aside from doing it? Like, okay, take some baby steps, do this, try Sink that. Sink or swim, YOLO. We're all <laughs> gonna die anyway, so just freaking do it. I really, I really love that you said Sorry, it. No, 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 you're good. I, I have that mentality of like, who cares? But and, and by the way, I have that same mentality. I have, and, and you said it best as far as you know what. When you open Maximus, which we talked about... Except for karaoke. When, when you open Maximus, you said, you know what? I'd rather take um, risk, the risk than, than the regret. regret. And I'm like, that's my that. whole life. This is why I'm making my bold right here, right now. Because, again, you know what? I have zero regrets. You know, because if I want something, I'll plan it and I'll do it. And that's it. But I'm not going to lie to you. I sometimes struggle. For example, when I market my hair salon, sometimes on my personal account, I won't put it. Sometimes I do, but I'm like, oh. And then I see other people promoting their their, their 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 place. I'm like, should I also be putting myself like, hey, by the way, come to my hair salon, whatever it is. And then, again, even though I really want to say that I don't care what people say. And, and the fact is that I have done so many things that I really don't. And, and I'm going to share with you something really funny. Hopefully, this doesn't happen. But I'm trying. Not I'm trying. But I want like a negative comment on, on any of my videos. I want someone that say, oh, his accent. Oh, my God, the way he talks. I want something so I can show myself. And I haven't gotten Hopefully, again, hopefully I don't get one. But the fact is that I, I want to prove to myself and to my daughter because that's my message. Of course, it's going to hurt. You don't want to say like, oh. But then I, I want to be able to demonstrate that, right? So I want to, again, I understand that you, it's, it's second nature. You do it and hey, just do okay, it. Okay, I'm going to tell you the secret. Are you ready? Oh, you're going to say that. Just do it. Go for it. <laughs> Every failure is a lesson. It is. But how can grow. we get, okay. How can we get to the mindset though? That you're going to fail no matter what. So you might as well take it as a lesson. <laughs> what, what can I learn from this? Instead of, oh, I suck. It's like, okay, what can I learn from this? What can I do better next time? How can I grow from this? You don't, you can, you, okay, so it's perspective, right? You can look at a failure as like, oh, I'm never going to do this again. I failed. I suck. Or you can look at it as, okay, I'm going to do better next time. Okay, how can I grow? Okay, what is it that people like? Okay, what's the feedback? Okay, what's the criticism? How can I grow from this and be better? Because you're going to fail no matter what. Obviously, we're not perfect and we're not born professionals. Like you asked me if I, I get nervous on these things. Well, at the very beginning, many years ago, I was mortified. I couldn't even talk. I would stutter, I would sweat, I would get anxiety, my hands would hurt. But after so many fails and experiences, now I don't, I, like it's second nature. So you just have to push yourself and realize that even if you do mess up, who cares? Who really cares, honestly? 
not only who cares, but does it matter when you think about... It doesn't. People die. forget. Our attention span is like one second. Okay, so you you messed up. No pasa nada. There you go. That's my slogan, by the way. But what, what I want, because does this make an impact? Maybe, I don't know, two people, three people. But when I see my daughter, like, Ella was really good. And I am taking that. And, and this is exactly what, what I was saying about knowing your personality, how you think. Not only want, do I want to share your story, but I want people to be like, yeah, si se puede, of course, but I'll give them some tangible stuff opposed to it. Pues tírate el agua. I get it, by the way. At the end, that's what we want, but hopefully they understand. For, again, and this is where I think that they need to already have that mindset, something already there okay. for them to now put themselves up. To push themselves. Yes. So, I, I don't know about you, but for me, I hate that feeling of when you have an opportunity and you're about to lose it and it's like if i don't do it right now this opportunity is going to be like gone forever and then i'm going to have the regret and that feeling of regret is so like why didn't i do it that's the worst feeling to me so ask yourself would you rather take the risk of fail embarrassment or whatever but you're going to learn from it at least you did it at least you tried at least you had the guts to try or Nothing ever happened. Now I have to live the next 20 years knowing that I didn't take that opportunity. That sucks. It definitely does. And again, when I find people that think the way I think it's, oh my God, here it is. Because the way I see it, basically the same thing. But what's I always think, what's the worst case scenario? And if the worst case scenario is not, you're going to die, then you're good to go. That's the reason why I do so many things. Because if the worst case scenario is not... You might die, so that's good, la verdad. In the, in the large scale of the things... The worst case scenario no probably not. isn't even that bad. Yeah, that's It's probably, enough. like, not that big of a deal, honestly. Nice. I'll tell you, you want to hear a story? I do want to hear many stories. So, one time I was in L.A., uh, and I was with my husband and my best friend, and we went to um, Pump, Okay. And it's a restaurant that Lisa Vanderpump owns. And I said, I have like this manifestation thing that I believe in and it's going to happen. And it's going to happen. And I woke up that morning and I told my ex, I said, I'm going to meet Lisa Vanderpump today. Watch. I said, we're going to meet her and we're going to go to her restaurant. I said, watch. Well, we end up getting reservations at her restaurant. We sit down. Her and her husband are right there at the table right next to us. And I said, I told you. I told you. And so they were tripping out because they were like, I can't believe it. Like, she was right. Like, what the hell? So I had this opportunity where I said, either I go up to them and I build a relationship and this is going to help my business, myself for the rest of my life, or I could be a weenie and me da pena, la, 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 and, or embarrass myself or, you know, make an idiot of myself, or I can live with that regret forever. I got up. I introduced myself. I met both of them. To this day, I get invited to their galas every year. I've met so many celebrities. I've made so many connections. I was able to dress a lot of the real housewives because that moment of opportunity that I took and I said, YOLO, screw it. I like If not, I'm going to live the rest of my life remembering this moment of what an idiot I am. Wow. Do you realize there's not a lot of people, but also women, and, and not to, again, to, to talk about that specifically, that don't have the same mindset that you do? You realize that? I mean, I... I mean, the, the truth, and this is why it's so important to me 
again because i know that it, it is going to impact my daughter at least like to see because it's one thing to hear from dad whatever it is but once they see like ah, si sabes que si es cierto. i already have the title for for the for your your story by the way it's gonna be just you know the gatsby sin miedo al éxito no but thank you for sharing any other stories make sure that you please bring it up so again thank you for that I want to ask you a little bit on, because again, the I feel that most men, our dream is to open a bar, same here, <laughs> and for women is, if they're into fashion, to open their own fashion store, right? Yeah. If you had to start from zero, zero followers, no conoces a nadie, and this is kind of like a recommendation to people that do want to do this, um, what were some things that you would do different or the same thing? If you had to start from zero, where would you start and what would you do? Okay, so the question is, what advice do I give or what would I do if I had to start Isn't over? it the same thing though? Or you're holding stuff for your own No, self? of course not. Should be the same. Ask me specifically what the question is. Okay, if you had to start yourself from zero, what would you do? As a retail? Retail, yeah. Uh, or a new front. business? No, no, retail's a uh, 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 boutique. If I had to start a new boutique? Yes. Mm. I would have to make it an innovative concept, which I already have in my head, actually. But uh, I would have to make it an innovative concept that doesn't already exist in El Paso to attract people and to get people to want to go check it out. And then from there, I mean, I already know the know the, the know how. I have years, 12 years under my belt. So, um, give some advice to someone. Maybe they got income tax money, whatever it is that they want to say. Says, okay, I want to give it a try. Maybe they're not gonna open. Uh, the store as big as yours or the merchandise, but they just want to open a boutique. Like, they want to sell clothes. So I think it's a, a lot of people fantasize that, but it's so much work. Oh, uh, the hardest part is just to get people to walk inside of your door. Like, it's a destination, you know? It's not volume like the mall. So um, what I would suggest is for them to do a lot of research and probably at least go work in retail before they ever do it because it looks glamorous, but it's not that glamorous. So I would definitely get a job in retail before I make my final decision. Nice. Any retail. Just to make sure that... Dealers, Michael Kors, Forever 20. I started at Forever 21. Because everyone sees the end result, right? They see the pictures. They see your Instagram. They're like, oh my gosh, she must be making a lot of money, a lot of customers so and everything. But the fact is there's a lot of things behind scenes. Oh, yeah. The reality is, is you have to work in retail in order to open retail. Like it's not... You cannot just do it because you, you love shopping. You can, shopping. but I've, I've had a lot of people open up stores that closed because they thought it was going to be everybody coming to support them. I, I wish it was that easy. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you for for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you on Maximus now. Um, you open your one of the, you know, actually, it's the only business retail that I know, storefront, that opened during a pandemic. I know you had it in your mind. It was something that you wanted to do. <laughs> but what made you say, okay, let's let's do this. Hashtag no pasana. Um, so it was already in my head and in my mind. And then I remember I was spending a lot of time with a friend and he uh, he uh, he wanted to be a profession. Well, I shouldn't be saying that. But anyways, he wanted to um, he wanted to start a new job. Okay. But he was like, no, I'm too scared of this, and I'm too scared of that, and I'm scared of failure. And I just kept, we were spending so much time together, I kept pumping him up, like giving this whole spiel, like on a daily basis. And in the back of my mind was the men's store. So basically, 
by me pumping him up so much, I pumped myself up. Really? And I was like, why am I giving all of this advice and not taking my own advice? So I decided one day to take my own advice and I prayed about it and I said, if everything falls into place the way I want it and the numbers fit the way they're supposed to according to this plan, that means it's meant to be. So I prayed about it and I said, I want this lease, I want this location, I want this, 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 this. And sure enough, it was exactly as planned. So that's when I was like, okay, that's the green light from God. Congratulations again. Thank you. How do you deal with failure? I'm sure that maybe you have failed some. Yeah, for some. sure. How do you deal with that? I see your person. I see that. Yeah, you go get her. I'll do it. But I want to know when you do fail, like, what is it that you do to, to get so, past that? Um, what I how I treat it is almost like, um, okay, it happened. I accept it. I see it. Let's clean it up and let's move on. Move on. What's the hardest failure that you had to um, get over? There's tons of them. But the one that always, like, really, to this day, kind of, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it was impulsive. It, it was something that I didn't even want to do, but I did it because a lot of customers were telling me to do it. Which, by the way, advice to people. Mm -hmm. Don't always listen to your customers. Like... They always tell you, oh, you should carry this and you should have this. Well, yeah. And then you bring it for them and they don't even buy it. Yeah. So it's don't listen to them. I mean, take feedback, but no. So um, what happened was this, some customers kept egging me on like, oh, you should sell evening gowns. You should sell evening gowns. And so I did. I invested a ridiculous sum of money. Into How many millions? <laughs> 80,000 okay, to be correct. You. Thank you. But for me, at the time, it was a lot. It's a lot of money. Of it's course. a lot of money. It was unnecessary. And mm -hmm. so I opened up an evening gown department. It wasn't even a store. It was like a department inside of Gal Fashion. And I got a new lease, and I made it beautiful. And I got murals and chandeliers and molding and the best brands. And uh, it failed. After how long? Uh, a year. A year. It was a fail. How long did it take you to, again, the process that, okay, let's just move from this, like the same process that you're talking about, how long did it take you to really get over that thing? I just, I, for me, it was like, it shouldn't have to be this hard. Like, if you're doing something and it's too hard and complicated, that means it's not working. If the numbers aren't there, it's not working. If the customers aren't asking for it, it's not working. So I gave it a year to see if it would work, and it didn't. And uh, Did you give yourself that year? At the beginning of the start or as things were going on, you gave yourself that deadline? Um, I just felt like after a year, if it's not working, it's got to go. Like, okay. it's like a, that's kind of like my, um, like I do that with brands too. Okay. Like, oh, this is a hot that's brand. Like, Everybody how, wants what, it. Did you learn that working on Tres Mariposas maybe or no, when you first started? No, I just, I, El Paso is a very strange niche market. Yes. So I can bring them something and be like, this is cool. And then for the first two months, they might be like, no, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And then you give it three or four or five months. Then all of a sudden, all the celebrities have it. And they're like, oh, oh, this is cool. And then all of a sudden, six months to eight months down the road, they want it. And then from there, I reorder it and buy it normally. And then we can see if it's, is it selling at full price? Or is it selling on sale? 
like what's the momentum so a year is a great okay. turnaround to see is it gonna work or is it not gonna work? nice that's great advice because based on your personality that you're like no i'll make this work right i'm just oh i wonder like because the, the truth is that you if do i really have to believe have in something exception. i have to push it for example i really believe in my fragrances like i am like i am on that i okay. i i believe did you it. bring any free for the podcast host by any chance <laughs> i did not okay okay you should have asked oh now i know but um the whole point is that with the fragrance i didn't know if it was going to work but i said i'm going to make it work because i believe in it and i feel passionate about it so if i'm passionate then my customers are going to be passionate then the staff is going to be passionate now we're all passionate and everybody loves yeah. it and it sells like crazy that's why it gets tricky because again with that passion you're like oh i'll last here 10 years because it's going to work right so when to kind of like let it go. Yeah. But see, now that we're talking about this, the evening gowns, I was never really passionate about it. There you go. So it just goes to show, don't do things for money, do it for passion. Oh, that's the common denominator for from everyone that I have had, that they're happy in what they do. It's They're, they're passionate. Of course, it's hard moments, hard times, when, but that's exactly what it is. When you do things with love, passion, and integrity, the money just comes. Nice. I'll let it have a... a I'll let it oh, yeah. sink in. I just yeah. want to talk a little bit about your personal life, okay. if that's okay with you. Yes. Yeah. Nice. All right. You got divorced after 10 years of marriage. Did it feel like you had to start from scratch? I did start from scratch. Tell us about that experience. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got married in high school, so I was a kid. I was a child bride. <laughs> and then uh, when I got a divorce, I was a full-grown adult that didn't know... Um, a lot. I was very, I wouldn't say spoiled, but I was very in my own world, I guess. Like, duh. I don't know how to put it. Like, I just basically, for the first time in my life, I was independent now. So I had to figure things out on my own. So it was like starting over completely. So it was, um, it was an experience, but I, I love it now. I love being independent and I love relying on myself and not having to, you know, ask permission for things or whatever. Like, I, I love who I am now and I'm very happy and yeah I mean divorce is hard it's horrible it's a terrible thing it's like a funeral it's like you know 10 years of my life I'm 30 that's a huge chunk that's a, a third so um but yeah things are great now nice and I can relate to you one of your podcasts you said that you kind of had life backwards and I fully relate yeah. to that I had my kids when I was in high school very young um of course I, I split from from their moms um and even though that, I was able to graduate college, travel, and everything else, but I was busy at work, making sure that the first level was my priority. And then once I got to a place that, okay, now it's kind of me, you're like, God, I, I should have done this. No regrets, because trust me, like, we don't know where that path will are taking you. And the things that I have done, again, they're no regrets at all. But when you said that, I'm like, Ooh, oh my God, that's someone that I can relate to in the sense that it's kind of life going backwards and even though you have no regrets but if you have any kids or any recommendation to someone else you know what do have those breakups do travel do all this date 20 people you know mm -hmm. like a lot of different things and hopefully you agree with that because even though we both have no regrets but i think that the advice for most people would be go ahead and and, and follow the stages in life mm -hmm. you know. Following the stages in life is like, who's to say that that's right or that's wrong? Like, if things didn't work out the way they did, then it wouldn't be what it is now, which is way better. Wow. But give me a second here. The stages of life. Like, in your case? In my case, I got married as a kid and I owned a business as a kid. 
and I lived the adult life as a kid and then when I got divorced I turned into a crazy college young partying independent girl that lived life backwards exactly but it's so much better this way now you were able to i mean you divorced at 28 so you were still young in a sense but do you realize like most people that get married 20 50 they exactly they they, they, they struggle with their marriage for 30 years so yeah that's so the cool they thing divorce, is i already did that there so you go, and that's, i don't have to worry about that i already uh, did it but chances are that if you live your stages, if you date the 20,000 men or women, whatever it is, you go into your, like finding yourself, whatever it is, there's a high chance. For example, in my case, I have two kids that I had in high school. You can just imagine how that went. But the fact is that I was not able to like really take my, my, my kids as, as they are, which is a miracle, not a miracle, but like support wise. Uh, like I now know that, Oh my God, it's such a great responsibility. When I was very young, of course I took pictures. Oh, I love my kids and everything. But now you fully understand the responsibility. You know what I mean? So that's why, and, and, and that happens with experience and through age. So what I'm saying is, do I recommend someone to have kids in high school? No, to get married, hopefully you don't. But if you do, that's fine. But the fact is that chances are that the majority of people will not be able to get where you are because you're where you're at because of your mindset, most of it, right? Because the other way around, let me give an example here. I had my kids very young. I was able to graduate college. I've been all, not all over the world, but I travel a lot. However, and again, I don't want to sound payaso not to use another word, but chances are the majority of people that have kids in high school, that's it. That Their, their, their lives is out, right? They maybe don't pursue uh, higher education. They don't travel. They don't do a lot of things that maybe I did. So my recommendation is, of course, like I was able to go to the other side, to the winning side, but there's a high chance that the majority won't. So if you ask me what I recommend, do your failures go, again, don't live as fast as I did. That's my thing. But you, well, I mean, that's you. But it's all, what, what's the take from a female? In this no, case, that had also... I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so glad I already got the marriage thing out of the way, so I'm not like that person that's so desperate to be married and like get engaged and have, I already did that. I already had the house of my dreams. I already had the business of my dreams. And now it's time for me to live life for myself. Nice. And to find myself. And it's cooler because I'm older now, so I'm more mature. If so you it's going to turn out great. If you had a teen, 18, 17, thinking about getting married at 18, would you give them advice? Of, yeah, go ahead. It's the best thing ever. Or maybe, hey, maybe not. It made me very responsible. I had to grow up very fast. But that's a good thing. Because now I'm very mature for my age, so it all worked out. Like, I mean, I have a really successful business at the age of 30 years old because I got married at 18. So if getting married is something that you want to do, number one, because I did, and number two, if it's going to make you more responsible than making you be a crazy party person who's going to throw it all away, then hey, I mean, because that's probably what would have happened. Okay, thank I you. I probably would have gone to college and gotten crazy and then who knows where I would be now you know what I mean nice I respect that and thank you for sharing that I know you're in a limited time I just want to ask you two more questions two number more one questions. is um <laughs> and, and this is something I just I would just throw recently as far as you you've been talking about that after you got your divorce you got I don't know the, how to even position it, but right now you are sober. You've been sober for quite some time. Can you talk to us a little bit about what happened that made you take that decision that now you're sober and, and the path that you, you're now taking? Sure. So uh, in the middle of the pandemic, I think it was so... It was so 
distraught to my world because I used to think like my business was everything. I put my business on the altar before anything else, before my family, God, myself. It was always my business, right? I thought it was like everything. So when I lost it, when they shut us down in March and said, you can't work, I really lost myself because that was my identity. I put my identity in my business. So when you lose it, it's like, who am I? Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to be broke. So I kind of lost my mind and I just started drinking. And I was so depressed and miserable and sad that I started drinking a lot. And then we couldn't go anywhere, so I was drinking at home. So it was a little dangerous to just be drinking so much at home by yourself. Like, that's a very scary place to be alone, broke, not sure if you're going to get your business back, losing money by the day. And it was just a horrible place. So for me, drinking was like the only way I could escape my reality because the reality was very, it wasn't a reality I wanted to accept. So um, I would drink to escape. And then I just started drinking too much to the point where I knew, I knew in my heart that this was wrong and that something had to change. And I would feel very depressed and hungover. And then I would um, call my mom and I said, I think I need help. Like, I need help. But, uh, you know, because I had never been that much out of control in public or anything, people thought, oh, everyone's drinking in the pandemic. You know how everybody was, like, mm -hmm. making memes and it was, like, a joke of having cocktails in the morning. Well, it wasn't a joke for me. It was, like, for real. You know what I mean? Like, I know everybody was, like, making it into... Um, not a big deal, but for me, it was it was very serious. And so I started talking to my life coach a lot, which I've, I've been with her for three years prior to that. As soon as I got separated, that's when I hired my life coach. And so what ended up happening was, is, um, you know, we talked that maybe I was drinking too much. And, you know, she just kind of spoke. She basically told me, like, why, do, why are you choosing this? Like, why are you... You're doing this to yourself, basically. She's like, you're really just choosing to throw your life away rather than do something about it why don't you do something about this like okay your business is going down do something about it and so i decided to stop drinking first there and i made it for 40 days and then i ended up drinking again i kind of had a little relapse but for those 40 days my life changed i saw a little glimpse of what my life could be sober so for 40 days, I was working out with Lizzie and Shane. I was losing weight. I was happy. I was creative. I was writing, journaling, like doing activities, uh, coming up with ideas. And during that time, that's when I started doing the lives. I started changing things. And so I just saw a difference. And so after that, I went back uh, to drinking again after the 40 days. And then my life went to hell again. And then I just... Um, I started opening up Maximus. So in between opening up Maximus, I was down this rabbit hole and I kind of figured, okay, I, the sobriety obviously worked for me. So now how do I take it seriously and do something about it? And so um, one of my clients recommended me to a psychologist and she told me, I think you should go to AA. And uh, I hadn't been to AA before because I always knew this was a little bit of a problem. I was in denial, but I kind of knew, you know, you know when you know that you have a problem. And so uh, I went back to AA and I haven't left since and now it's five months later. Very happy, you can tell, of course, with everything that, that you're sharing. I wish we had time so we can continue with this subject, but that's fine, I'll, I'll respect your time. 
10 more minutes. There you go. How long did it take you to, again, and it's really, as, as you're telling me this, it's really cool how you're saying that the same mindset that has helped you get where you're at, meaning that you realizing that you have a problem, you used it also to help you get out of the problem, right? Because a lot of times, like, yeah, I'm very disciplined to go to gym or this and that, but when I have something personal, oh, wait, like, yeah, I'm go tonto, you know? And it, it sounds like, wait, 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 like the same things that I have done for my business, for myself, I also, that's how you used to manage this problem. So that's just amazing, by the way. But my question was, how long did it take you? Yeah, to like for sure. I, I like I realized I have a problem. How long did it take you? Oh, I've always known I've had a problem. All right. Yeah, because you get you know when you're it's like when you do something wrong and you get that gut feeling like oh like I don't feel good about this. I've had that feeling do for three mind, years. Do you mind giving us a little bit of details? What does that mean? Because all of us has had a bad night that maybe we talked BS to someone. Maybe, hopefully not driving, of course, but what, what, if you can share, if you feel comfortable, what was like, what does it mean to out of control? Because there's one thing for me or drink. Blackouts. Nice, that's, there you go. Blackouts. You wake up and you don't remember how you got there. Okay. You check outside to see if your car is parked there. Like, you, that's very scary. And that was like a weekly thing. Trying to put all the pieces back to the beginning. I mean, that. I'm very grateful that I'm sitting in this chair right now. I could have died. Um, I've been in a car accident. I could have gotten a DWI. I could have killed someone. So blackouts are, that's serious. I think that if you're blacking out consistently for more than a year, then you probably have a problem. So I always knew I had it, but I just, I, I kind of felt like, oh, well, I've never, I just got a divorce. So it's normal to party. Like it's normal to go out. I'm young. Uh, I have a stressful life. I have this business, like monster business, and I need to go relax. And so I was just always making excuses to celebrate or to self-pity or friendships and social or loner in my house. Like there was always a reason. I was always coming up with little reasons to drink. But yeah, it's the blackouts that really like kept me feeling like in a sense of fear in a sense of like embarrassment, shame, guilt, that feeling is, yeah, I'm glad it's gone. Uh, so thank for you sharing this because I'm sure it's gonna help at least one person. Thank you so much for sharing that. If okay, do you if you remember one specific instance that you, you said, you know what, after today, that's it. Like, was there a specific event or was there just a, everything all together that finally caught up to, um, to I you I mean, you deciding. get tired of being sick and tired. This is three years of the same bullshit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yes, do. Like, the pandemic was uh, too much. That's That was the end for me because it was, you're not working, so you're not, like, at least before I would work and then go out. Now it's like you have all day to do it. You have weeks, months. So that's when it was getting a little like... And then you have the excuse of this, going through the business and a lot of different things. And then If also, I already had excuses, this is the big exactly. mother of all excuses. And then the mindset that you said, everyone's doing it, it's normal. And uh -huh. wow, okay. So that was a turning point for me. Nice. Jasuna, thankful so much. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and again, I, I have a lot of respect because you were able to catch, uh, obviously identify that you have a problem and, and make a change. Aside from this being a really bad problem, but it sounds like, hey, I'm also following the same... Uh, things that I know it works. Maybe this took you longer than you wished, but again, this is something that that you're doing now, and I wish you the best. Thank you. Mi última pregunta. 
Hey, you gave me 10 minutes and it was only eight. Um, okay. And this is one I have to ask because this is a lot, the, the same question that I ask everybody. Okay. Give us one thing you love about El Paso and one thing that you will maybe change or improve. One thing I love about El Paso? The people. Okay. And one thing I wish I could improve is everybody shopping local. <laughs> <laughs> Supporting movements. That's what she means, I'm sure. <laughs> We hopefully have a separate podcast so we can continue. I'll send you some stats that I have. Sorry, Jason. I just want to thank you again for your time. I want to um, end it. Uh, anything that, that you want to say to the. No, we're good. Thank you. Nice. All right. So, everyone, thank you for watching. I'll see you guys next time. Adios.